Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I am your host, Scott Ramage, and I am ridiculously excited to have my co-host, Josh Price, with us today. Hey, Josh. What's up? Hey. So today with us, we have David Allen. David is a gym owner of NoBS Fitness in the Memphis area. He has two kids and one in the oven, so effectively three very soon. He's been married for six years. He's uh, played college football. He's been an assistant strength coach for LSU. A lot of uh, physical activity performance background. Super duper excited to have you on our show. Welcome, David Allen. What's up, bud? Thanks uh, for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah. So uh, we just had an epic conversation offline. <laughs> we were talking about the Mandalorian. So you, and you were saying your family's just gotten into that. Yeah, that's like, typically my wife and I have like one show that we watch together, and that's, we'll just rotate through whatever that is, and uh, we watch Queen's Gambit, and now we're watching Mandalorian. Oh my gosh, awesome. Queen's Gambit was insanely good. Yeah, I mean, I was like, man, this is awesome. I feel like a complete dum-dum, like, <laughs> like their ability to like, picture chess boards and everything, I was like, wow, like, that's on another level of... Um, of, of operating power for the mind that I don't have. Yeah. 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 See, moves and moves and moves ahead. Um, yep. Yeah. I really liked it. I looked at my wife a couple of times and was like, um, you want to start playing chess? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, no, I don't want to play with you. <laughs> so I haven't started Queens Gambit and we're not, we're not doing Netflix right now. I think it's a Netflix show. Yep. And we're yep. a one, we're a one show at a time family as well. Actually, my wife and I are a one show at a time couple. We'll do, we'll do like a little bit per night. It's if that, but yep. uh, Mandalorian breaks the rules because we sit down with our boys every weekend and watch that. And if one of us watches it before some of the others, it's like a, your life is at risk. Um, so you did what? <laughs> oh yeah. It would not be. And my wife's a, uh, uh, I got her to be a star Wars nerd early on. And so I introduced her to Star Wars and we were dating and, and it's been downhill for her or uphill, whatever you want to say since then. But uh, the Queen's Gambit is about chess, obviously. Sounds intriguing. It is. It is. It really is. Yeah. It, yeah. Girl who's amazing at chess, you know, from the time that she's a, a little girl and she just kicks everybody's butt and somehow it just sucks you in and now david wants wants to turn this whole thing into the chess podcast and we could just have we could be like calling out moves david and and have and a there's like a entire chess language of how they describe it and uh, yeah it's so, pretty yeah, it's pretty cool so have you guys read the talent code by yeah. daniel coyle i've not read that one okay, so he talks about the myelin building up and this uh like this deep practice this practice where you're kind of all in and he talks about chess players a lot and about like that myelin that is built through this practice but uh incredible i mean it's incredible and and the fact that they don't actually they can't actually um beat like novices when it comes to certain things it's it's all about the process and the deep practice in it anyway it's insane um but I'll, i'll put that on the on the on yeah the, Watch it next. Yeah, Watch it, next. it was great. We're watching Deadwood. Have you seen Deadwood? That's yeah, yeah. Lots nope. of killing and murdering and things like that. So we're into that right now. 
Awesome. So David, uh, some, uh, some history in the performance arts of uh, sports, if you will. Yeah, man. So uh, I'll give you kind of the, the full story. So um, growing up, I was always like long and lean. Like I was like six foot in like seventh grade and probably like 120 pounds. So just real tall, being pole. And I played, I played sports all throughout um, middle school and growing up. And I wanted to play football. My parents uh, said I was too skinny. They didn't want me to get hurt. And I remember like being in middle school, just people always commenting about how skinny I was. You got, look how skinny your arms are, look how skinny your legs are, like all that kind of stuff. And that was in the 90s. And I remember like, like seeing Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and like the 80s and 90s, like muscle heroes from the day. And kind of got, I was like, man, like, I don't want to be skinny anymore. So I started weight training in seventh grade. Um, I went to one school in seventh and eighth grade, or all through middle school, switched schools in ninth grade, switched schools again in 10th grade. It was like, it was tough to kind of like build some friendships and some relationships, like switching schools into high school and then switching schools second year of high school. And I had started training them in, like I said, in middle school. And they kind of became just like, well, I don't have anything to do after school. Um, other than weight lift, so I would like go home and I'd weight lift. Um, and then I finally convinced my my parents to let me play football when I switched uh, sophomore year. I was like, I, I was like, I don't have any friends at this school. Like, I need to I need to meet some friends, and football is the best way for me to meet friends. So I started playing football, and I kept putting on size. I actually put on a hundred pounds uh, freshman year to, to senior year. Uh, and like every year, and the funny thing was, like I went. I started off as a wide receiver and a, um, and a, a free safety. <laughs> I remember like the first day of football practice, no one like was like, Hey, let me explain how football works. They were just like, what position do you play? I, like, I don't know. They said, you're a free safety. So cool. What do I do? They're stand over there. They'd be like cover two. Well, I had no idea what that, what that meant. And so like, I had a great engine. I was athletic, but I just didn't understand football. <laughs> explained it to me. Like every year I'd put on 30 pounds or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, well now you can play outside linebacker. Okay. And they just would move me closer to the ball. So eventually they moved me to the defensive end. And I remember I had a coach who took me aside. I was like completely blew a coverage as a, as an outside linebacker. And he was yelling at me and he, and he goes, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, no, sir. I have no idea. He's like, okay, so we're going to put you defensive end. Here's the deal. If he comes at you, you hit him. If he goes that way, you go that way. If he goes that way, you go that way. If he goes that way. Pass for us. I said, four things? Cool, I can do that. And so I did that, had a great senior year, and actually went, uh, went and played uh, college football at Delta State. Got a degree in exercise science. I minored in nutrition. And I wanted to be a college strength and conditioning coach. So after uh, Delta State, I was on staff at LSU for a little bit and got to see, like, what the top-level programs were doing from a strength and conditioning standpoint compared to, like, a D2 school night and day. Um, left the one, or sorry, left, uh, LSU, came back up to Memphis, ran a sports training facility for a year, kind of thought like, man, I'm, this isn't really what I, what I wanted. I really wasn't making any money. And I was like, man, like, I'm a smart guy. I'm gonna go back to school. I go to PT school. 
So I left the sports development facility. I went to um, back to take all my prereqs and do all my like pre hours for um, for PT school, and I started personal training at, at like a local commercial gym. And kind of over that year, I realized like, man, I I just do not like PT stuff. I liked being in a more like engaging, active, like competitive environment, and. I was like, I didn't like, like helping old ladies walk the halls uh, for hip replacements. It was just not kind of my thing. Um, and I was doing a really good job of personal training. Um, I actually had built, uh, well, so after that first year, I said, I'm not going to do PT school. I'm just going to completely focus on personal training. And over that time, I built, uh, I was doing 60 hours of build personal training a week. So it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty bonkers. Um, but I was, like 23 24 um i was like this is just what i love to do i love to be in gym i love helping people i was training for 5 a.m to 9 p.m monday through friday and then also Saturdays and sometimes sunday it was just all day every day and but i just did not fit in a commercial gym atmosphere i remember when i walked in there on day one i was like man you'll have a lot of treadmills why well, you have this many treadmills like everyone was kind of like <laughs> Like that's what everyone uses, David. I was like, really? Why? Like I did, I did. I came from the you know strength and conditioning background and had never really been in the commercial gym, so I didn't like quite understand it. Um, and so I don't I, know. If, I, I don't remember. I think it's because if you throw uh, if you throw one of your PT clients on a treadmill, you don't have to talk to them for an hour. Super easy work. Yeah. I'll tell. You, <laughs> I remember I had a morning group. Uh, of about eight people that we that would train in the morning. Then we were doing like, um, we were doing like bench press with chains one day. And uh, this other trainer took his client and like, like they were in a push-up position on a treadmill and they were doing like hand walk, like their feet were off the treadmill. He had turned the treadmill on. They were like walking their hands on the treadmill. And like, I could see this guy like doing this. He's like, look at us at the corner of his eye. Look back at his trainer, and I could just tell he was like, "This is BS." Yeah, <laughs> I want to do what I want to do what they're doing, but I can't remember if I had the idea or something put it in my head. But, but, but I started like really kind of button heads with management at the um, commercial gym, and uh, so eventually I kind of was like, "I'm gonna open up my own gym." Um, and so in 2011, I opened up MBS Fitness, and. Uh, we were in one facility, we expanded that facility, we moved into another facility, we've expanded this facility. So 10 years in, you know, we do uh, group training, personal training, nutrition coaching, we have a recovery room, custom programming, uh, physical therapists on site, um, and we have a 24 hour access piece as well. Um, when we first started the gym, it was definitely a more like kind of hardcore powerlifting gym because like that was what i did uh uh when i left college football i was like man i gotta find something to compete in i did olympic lifting when i first got out i did uh powerlifting i did a bodybuilding competition i did some strongman competitions and i kind of was like you know what the thing i like the most is powerlifting so i got like way deep into powerlifting way deep into powerlifting did another bodybuilding show kind of later down the road and, and went back into powerlifting and kind of what we were talking about before the show this is a good lead in um man a lot of my identity was in that you know a lot of 
a lot of my self-worth and my ego was built into it, was causing me to look down on other people who weren't doing that. And really, it allowed me to really focus on the speck in my neighbor's eye while ignoring the log in my own eye. Um, it caused me to, it caused me to kind of go down a path that was just, it was not good in the long run. And kind of eventually what happened was like a lot of things came to head. I had just finished powerlifting, or sorry, I just finished bodybuilding show. And I got in my head, I was like, I'm going to, I was like, I'm going to try to get an elite total at 275 and 308. So I had a 220 elite, I had a 242 elite in powerlifting. So just like higher totals. And I was like, well, if I can, if I can get up to 280, I was like, I can do at a 275, cut to 275 and just bump up to like 285 and then hit it at 308. I was like, I'll have four, at least total four weight classes. That's pretty, pretty good. And um, so, and I'm not, I'm not built to be, I mean, I'm a tall guy, but I am, I have like relatively thin joints. And so like, I was doing everything under the sun to get to 280. Um, And like, I just started, like, I was feeling like crap. Like, I was like, on CPAP, my knees hurt. Like, having sex with my wife was kind of like, okay, look, here's the deal. You got five minutes of me being on my back. <laughs> Set the timer, and then I'm going to run out of breath, okay? <laughs> are, are we the same person, bro? Are we the same? Do you know, do you know that, like, you're, like, describing my life, too? I did not know that, but yeah, that, yeah. Probably, so oh, we better hear how you got through this. Jesus. Oh yeah. Man. So, um, and, and I also say like a lot of people I looked up to at the time, um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put them down or anything, but like that was like kind of like it was like accepted and cool. It was kind of like understood. Like, you, like yeah. you joked about like having a CPAP. You joked about like having destroyed joints and stuff, and when you're older. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, man, like my, my knee was just killing me. I, I was like, I could not do any training sessions and my knee was just like lit up. And my wife and I decided like, wait, we're going to start, we're going to try to have some kids. <clears throat> and I had been on testosterone for a long time. And so like we tried for uh, three or four months and nothing happened. Like tried, tried, like, test like did the ovulation testing and said okay like this is go time try try that like okay well i'm gonna get off testosterone try for another three months um and if you like go if, if you're aware like how all that works like i had really high testosterone levels and in one month i went to really really low testosterone levels like like that a seven-year-old girl would have. <laughs> they were they were higher. Like I, I literally had female clients who I had I'd seen like some of their blood tests. I was like, crap, some more testosterone than me. <laughs> Trust me, I understand, so, thing, man. And dude, man, like it, I, it, it hit. I like literally remember the day where I was like, oh my gosh, I feel terrible. I had no energy. I had no six drive. I was like depressed. We had, we were like struggling in the gym. There was like, you know, we're trying to do things. We're having some issue here. So like, it was just like, man, it was like all this, like 
this was getting kind of like loaded on me. Um, I went to the doctor and he like had to do a, you know, an analysis. And he was like, oh yeah, so you have make zero viable sperm. I was like, zero? Zero, like none. We took tests, none of them are viable. I was like, crap. So it put me on a Clomid regimen uh, for six months. And like, it was a really crappy year. Uh, I remember being like, just physically, I was, I was the same size, but no strength whatsoever. And because I had only been doing strength training, I had no other physical abilities. So I was just really big and weak and also really out of shape. Um, I had like so a lot of stress going on within the gym at the time. And the fact that just like I had all this hormone issues and on top of that, like, like we're trying to have kids. And if you have ever like tried to have kids, it's, it takes a little bit of the magic out of it. Oh, yeah. And it's really, it's really sucky when like you don't have a sex drive or a libido at all. <laughs> and uh, so like it, but like it was a crappy time, but just kind of like sticking through it, got through it. I had to do a lot of like personal development and growth through that. Eventually, um, I went back to the doctor six months later. He was like, testing me. He's like, hey, you should be good to go. And I was like, okay. I told my wife, hey, I should be good to go. And we literally got pregnant the next month. Oh, nice. Yeah, wow. Did you, uh, this is kind of off topic, but I'm, I'm extremely curious. So was the zero viable sperm because of testosterone over the years, or is this because of just your body? Do you know? I would guess it was primarily from the, uh, from the testosterone usage and just, basically just shutting down my entire well it will it'll, it'll shut down your own uh body's testosterone produ- production you, you're then yep. on it'll come back to where it was before over time they say it i will. never yeah i never came back i ran uh, clomid for a long time uh now my, my sperm production came back but uh wow. my, my test and I'm at, i still it's come like to give you guys some ranges like typically guys are looking like 400 800s kind of like this range we're kind of looking at um when when i got off testosterone and gone in and done the original test my testosterone was like 120 something okay and the last the last time i got checked was a year ago or maybe earlier this year somewhere in the last year is and it was still sitting like 240 so it's still like pretty below the the threshold, but uh, I mean, when it, it doubled. Yeah, I feel but, a lot better, but it never got back into like that that range. I had an entire year, or more than a year, where I was doing all of the work and doing nutrition right and getting no muscle mass, nothing. Mm. And I went and got tested, and I was running about two. So I can't even imagine what one twenty, what one twenty was like. Like <clears throat> what? Wow, and I went from I went from seven thousand. Okay, that's high. <laughs> to one to one twenty in one month. So you were gotten, you were running hot. You were you were running super hot. And I did whatever it took to, to hit the, the goals I had set. I was doing it. So yeah, seven thousand to one twenty is like it was like getting punched in the face. So let me let me walk into that with you a little bit because I think that's where you were going is yeah. you just you just weaved a story of 
moving through super skinny to a pretty good sized kid who was working out a lot, your identity started to be built around strength. I mean, powerlifting, bodybuilding, those things are, are going to like your numbers are your life. They, they yep. tell you who you are and when you are that. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, you're, like- yeah, you're to 7,000 testosterone level dropping to 120. Yeah, you destroyed your own body's ability to build it. Um, yep. Because just, just clarity, I think it's incredibly important for men to have very, uh, to be very aware of the t- testosterone levels. Um, I was telling my wife, my numbers, I, I'm not a big guy. So like I couldn't get above a 315 pound um, deadlift, like a deadlift, 315 pound. I did Windler's. I did. I mean, I was so consistent. I was doing all these different programs. So I could never breach it. And yeah. I haven't been training. And I just pulled at 185 the other day. It's like super easy. I'm like, wow, like it's a big difference when, you know, so you must have went. That must have been tough. How are you, how are you emotionally? Like terrible. Like I said, it was, uh, it was just, I'm always depressed, like bad depressed. Um, now luckily, like I had a great relationship with my wife so we could talk about it. I had great relationships with other like guys, but, but most of my friends were, were more, I mean, most of my relationships have been built into that kind of like identity as a power lifter. And like, they kind of get it, but if you've never gone through that, you just, you, you, it's not their fault, but you just can't relate to it, you know? And especially like if over the years, this is my own doing, if over the years I just kind of created this like identity and atmosphere, like, or, like where I would be like, Hey, look, if, if, I was like, if you don't squat double body weight, like you're weak. Like, I would joke and say, like, if someone went on bench press, they go, like, hey, Derek, can you spot me on bench press? I said, is it 315 or more? They go, no, like, I'm not spotting you. I was, like, <laughs> like and some of it was, like, just jibbing and jabbing and just kind of, like, you know, just talking to me. I would, I would obviously spot them. But, you know, like I said, a lot of that was, like, me just kind of, like, solidifying the identity, identity that I had built for myself. So, like, going from that to being, like, okay, I, I, I'm not strong. And, and like, I was like, I, just, I can't, there's no way I can do the current workouts that I was doing. Like, like my body just couldn't handle it. Emotionally, I, I had no desire to train. Like I know I should, but there's no, but, and then like physically I couldn't do it. I couldn't, there's no way I could recover from it. Um, so emotionally it was, it was like a really tough, like two or three months getting through that he got a little bit better and it just kind of got a little bit better and a little bit better you know and like i would tell you like right now my test like once we had the second kid or had the first kid like there was a conversation like do i get back on trt and i was like hell no <laughs> like i'm not going through that again like i don't want to like it's it's the I was like, I like, I like, feel like I'm kind of even out now. I don't want to like go through this, you know, yeah. uh, seesaw back and forth with my hormones. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna, I'll stay off that we've had all the kids we plan on having. Um, so like, it's just gotten, it's gotten better and better and better. And now, like, I, 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 the difference I notice is like, I don't have this strength and I can't put on the muscle. 
everything else is the same. I'm at the libido is the same. I have the same energy. I have, I don't have any issues with, um, like my emotions, like, um, I, I'm, I'm, I love training. I do it five days a week. I have like, the only difference is I'm just not near as strong. I don't have near as much muscles. So. So you would, uh, oh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, what would you do uh, if, if anything, or I mean, it sounds like it to come through it, but, but about the identity pieces, you know, it's like, I know for me, like it was the same. I was powerlifting. It was all about the numbers, everything else. Yep. Um, I had my crew. I lost my crew just, <laughs> just like you did. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, it, it was really hard. So I had to start really working on who I am as a person and who I want to be and my core purpose and all that. Um, but for you, like, how did you go through that? Um, I really, so at the time we had just gotten a new uh, pastor in a church and I started to spend a lot more time with him and like, just kind of like, spending time in, with him and kind of just really solidifying my identity back as like a child of God and not yeah. in my performance or how other people saw me. Like I just had to like, I had to kind of get back down, back down to a better foundation because the foundation I had built was built on sand and right. it got destroyed, <laughs> you know? So I had to go back. And kind of like rebuild that foundation and I'm continually trying to solidify that foundation and I do good sometimes and I do really bad sometimes too but like I think kind of like it, I had to go through that and just recognize it like man if I keep going down this path like 40 years from now it's going to be bad yeah. you know and I probably would have kept going down that path had it not been for the fact that like we were wanting to, to have kids and I, I was just like okay well I can't have kids and still be on testosterone so it, it have a forced decision on myself so what happened um I know that when I kind of lost like I felt like I realized that my identity wasn't really matching and um it was like that whole standing on sta sand thing uh, I went into like some serious depression um, yeah so was that part of your, I mean, you kind of, you kind of mentioned it, but was that kind of part of your, your challenge? Yeah. And I, you know, part of the challenge was like, I, I got like multiple things dumped on me at one time. So like I had business struggles that in and of themselves would have been tough. I had physical struggles, but like in themselves would have been tough to go through. And I had like, mental emotional struggles and family struggles like all that kind of like bam all at one time and so like maybe that was a good thing in the sense of like i was like oh i'm like totally overwhelmed now like i have to seek out help there's no way like i can get through this by myself and so that was actually when i started with two brain i was like man i have to have some help with my business so i got with two brain got mentoring there i started uh like i like i was like told my pastors like i, I need to I need to talk about this on a regular basis. So we just, every, every week, like we just get together for breakfast or, or coffee or whatever, and just kind of work through it. Um, and so, yeah. And then there's just kind of like, like working through that and just like making 
small, steady progress forward. I, I was like, okay, like I see, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. tunnel. I, like I started uh, in 2016, we brought on CrossFit to our facility. And in 2008, was it 2017? Yeah, 2017 was kind of when all this happened. And I, I was just like, man, I, I got to find, like, I'm unhealthy, overweight, and weak. <laughs> and I talked smack about CrossFit for, for like eight years. And I got to, yeah, I got to do something. And so I started doing that. And like, uh, so just like all these kind of pieces just, helped each each area i was struggling with like each one just kind of like helped me move forward helped me move forward and just kind of like slowly got and got out of that funk yeah a, a very very common recurring theme um and it's not chorus by me or by josh is identity with men yeah and you and i were talking i think it was last week about um multiple things and um it i just i just think that <clears throat> we all kind of think that we're in this alone, you know? Yep. And, and that's not the case. That's not the case. No. You know, I, I look at your, your growth. You said it was about a year and then you found someone to, to uh, guide you through it, which I think is, is incredible. Um, how did your marriage, like, like what were the changes in your marriage, your relationship? Uh, I mean, your sex life, everything, going from super high testosterone to no testosterone and making babies and then letting kind of leveling back up a little bit, um, nowhere near 7,000 still blown away. Yeah, man. Operating that level. <laughs> and like, it was a sense of pride too. I was like, check out what my test level said. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, man. Oh gosh. So, like having le- and, and this is one thing like I try if I get the opportunity to talk to someone who's in that stage before that I was and they're like man like I'm thinking about getting on some stuff to try hit these numbers and I was like hey we have a talk okay <laughs> about whether that's worth it or not because the like being on that level of testosterone all the things that like are good about being a guy drive you like a a little bit beyond that. Like your sex drive goes too far. Right. You know, and it becomes lustful. I mean, just straight up honest, like it's, it's un you cannot satiate it. It can't be satiated. It's just, it's, it's too much. Um, Like your temper is, it, it can't be sustained like or it can't be maintained it's it's it shoots up there like so fast you're aggressing your drive like it was just it's just too much so like it went from like being too much to not at all anything, anything at all and then my poor wife like had to kind of ride that roller coaster with me and and, and kind of see me kind of go from like um way up here to like way down here and then kind of like settle back <laughs> the more kind of like reasonable maintainable level um and but like it like i said like it was definitely necessary that like i like i'm like that's a i couldn't be more thankful that that happened because it would have been i don't i don't i don't want to think about 
where I would have been 20 years had it not happened. You know what I mean? So, um, so like I needed that to kind of be taken away because I probably would have, it was like a drug. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it, and it, if it hadn't like, I had if it had, the decision had like fallen in, like, do you want kids or not? I, like, I'm glad I, I couldn't have kids while, while on it. Cause I, you know, I'm like, crap, like, what kind of dad would I have been <laughs> if I had all that going through me? So, yeah, it was a roller coaster ride, um, for sure. But, uh, but a necessary roller coaster ride to kind of gain some clarity. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I was going to say, so what are you, what do you value now? What do you, you know, like the kids changed you so much. You gave up steroids and, and, and all of that because obviously it meant so much to you and everything. So like, what has that turned you into now? What, what do you value? What do you, what do you want? What do you pursue out of life? Um, so like having kids changes like the way you see yourself in the sense that like previously but prior to them like my own personal like growth development whatever was for me Mm -hmm. and now like my own personal growth and development is more for them because i'm like i have to model and mentor them uh in a proper way so i mean i very much value being having my identity checked from all the things that used to be and all the things that the world wants to pull it towards and so like i value like i value knowing what my true identity is as a child of God in Christ and that all things are considered lost without him. I value, I value my own like personal fitness and, and value guiding other people towards being the best versions of themselves through health and fitness because I truly believe that like if you fail to maintain the vessel of the soul which is your body it is going to have repercussions in every area of your life if the if the physical needs are not taken care of if the physical body is not well maintained you're going to see repercussions in the mind in the emotions in your in your spirituality, in your sexuality, in your uh, in your social uh, engagement, and so it's like it's not that exercising not exercising makes you a bad person, but not taking care of yourself physically keeps you from being the best person you could possibly be, yeah. and you failing to be the best person that you can possibly be takes away from the impacts and who the people you love and care about can be because you're not giving them your best and modeling and mentor them and giving them your best energy 
Sir. And then that has negative in, uh, repercussions on society as a whole. So taking care of yourself physically allows you to be the best version of yourself and give your best to those people around you. And then they get to then take that positive impact and then spread it outward as well. And I found I just value the opportunities that I'm given in my gym and in my life to make those impacts on people and the chance to like truly experience like love in in the relationship I have with my wife and the relationship I have with my kids because like I just don't see how you can get that experience any other way. I don't think you can like, it's just, it, it, it's like a mind explosion of like your soul. Once you like get a hold that little dude that you created, you know, and like all that feeds back into itself. was like, man, like there's like one thing, like one thing I was doing the other day, I was reading, um, reading the gospels and you know, is. I was like, man, like, like the thought process was like, what would I do if my, if like, I like, could I give my son right. to have nails put to his hands? Right. Like, I get emotional. Like, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, I was driving, like, I, I put my kid in the car seat and I was driving him to daycare and I had given him like a muffin or something to eat in the, in the, in the back seat. Like it's the first time I'd ever given him something to eat in the car. And then we got to daycare and I opened the door and I was like, Hey, Hey James. He was like this, like mouth open, dead eyes, just kind of like staring out. I was like, <gasps> James. And I, I, like my heart sunk. I slapped him. It's like, fell almost as hard as I could. There was like my reaction. Like James, bam. He was like, whoa. He just like, kind of like, zoned out <laughs> falling asleep oh my god anyways i, I was i dude, i was like i'm like in the parking lot like crying my eyes out yeah. like holding him and like crying I was like oh god thank you so much anyways like like that's my response to, like thinking this kid was choking like he imagine like what would be my worst like like i just can't it, it, it's almost impossible for me to like, conceptualize that but like knowing that that makes like i get like like setting that identity in something that's that's not material in this world like i said it all just kind of comes back together and all feeds into itself and like again knowing that i'm like crap i, I yeah that god needs I, it requires me as my responsibility to like steward my steward my resources well and like part of that's my the resources of my body my mind and in doing that that makes me be a better husband be a better uh father and then that just kind of feeds back into that circle so those are kind of like my three things that i truly value now everything else is n- nice glitter on top yeah we get a just i'll i'll look into men's lives quite frequently and their thinking and what they're willing to say and share and there is a like this huge chasm and on one side there's this you know you're you're on you're on the edge and then there's this huge chasm and there's the other edge that's the separation i see between men who have their identity in something firm and men who don't i mean it is a massive gap and like when you have this 
firm foundation in your, in your identity that's not set. And you, like you said, in, in sand, it's not built on sand. It's built on a very, very firm foundation. It doesn't have to do with something that can go away immediately. You lost your job. I have no identity. You, you're no longer an athlete. I have no identity. You, um, you know, you lose your hair because you were, you were a stud. You have no identity. I mean, the stupid right. stuff that we do and we place our identity on, I feel like as p- soon as people take the leap to move into their true identity, most will go to the bottom of that chasm. Like, right. I mean, they have to go, they have to, it's like a jump and then they're stuck in this and they have to climb themselves out. But the beauty of this is on the other side is like this incredible freedom where you're like tapping into your absolute potential. You are getting to that place where now you're like, Oh, there's so much more to life than what I ever realized. I can be a stellar husband. I can be a stellar dad. I can be a stellar community um, con- contributor. I can be an amazing business owner. Those are the pieces of freedom I love to see men step into. And, and I just, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I think that's like, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, like when you have that firm foundation, And then you're calling other people to kind of like, hey, like, come be a part of this. Like, come to this. Sometimes people see that as like being judgy, you know? And like, if you think, I was thinking back, like, like, how do we, like, how do you tell a guy don't have premarital sex? Telling a guy don't have premarital sex sex because like well you, you need to save it for marriage or you may get her pregnant or you may get an std like we are we are animals <laughs> that are like <laughs> like driven like animalistically like towards that stuff, stuff but like i was like that's like the wrong message the the, me- the message isn't like do this because it's right or do- it's, it's instead of hey look here's the deal there's two options here you can have premarital sex, okay? And it's going to bring you, like, some, some really good physical pleasure. It's going to feel really good, okay? But here's the thing you're sacrificing. You know, you're sacrificing, like, having only, having a sexual relationship with your wife that is stronger, better, and more fulfilling than anything you could ever do physically. Can you imagine, like, can you imagine being with your wife and there's, there's no comparison? There's no, there's no, like, pressure to perform. There's no, um, we just don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's the greatest, like, that's, that's the sacrifice you're making, (laughs) You know, and so like we were talking to someone that's on like this side of the chasm and this side of the chasm, it's like, look, I'm not telling you you need to exercise because like it's just good for you and you'll feel good and you have a six pack abs. You know, I'm telling you that like no matter how good you think you have it here, you're missing out on your best possible life you could ever have and the eternity you could ever have over here. As good as this may seem, and look, to do it, it's going to hurt. You're going to have to go down here and it's going to suck for a little bit. But like, truly, like, come on, 
you see these two differences like there's it's not even a it's not, it shouldn't even be a choice it's it's night and day difference and like so like calling people to the other side is that it's not it's not kind of like i'm judging you because you don't exercise or because you have pyramidal sex it's like no no no. i'm telling you from experience like because i love you and i care about you and i want you to experience this because i was there and i i know what it's like and i went there and it sucked but this is way better over here so like come on like let me help you get, get to this spot. Yeah. I don't know how it's turned into this whole, well, I do know how it was turned into this whole judgment thing. Cause a lot of people carried that they've, they've done that, but it's like telling your buddy like, and oh, okay, well, let's put it in women. Cause women do this. I bought this pair of jeans and they kick ass. They're so comfortable. The price is right. You sh- you have to get a pair. Well, that's the feeling is I'm living this life. Dude, I've got to let you know about it because until you've experienced it, you don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not judging. I'm just telling you, like, it's really great. Um, and 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 being in a place with your wife where sex is really great. Like, hey, I'm not judging you, but I'm telling you. And and this this comes up all the time. People are gonna say I'm a broken record, but porn's gonna ruin that for you at at to, at some level. Like if you're participating in that, you got, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting your wife up for failure because those things that happen in those videos, like, give me a break. <laughs> yep. If you want to pursue that, go pursue your wife. Like that's one of the things that me and Scott talk about the pursuit principle. And it's like anytime anything is going to draw you away, like it, it, the obstacle is the way, right? It's like, that's the thing that says, okay, hey. Hey, hey, light switch, brother, light switch. You want to go look at porn? Time to go do something for your wife. I mean, right now, go do it. Go do something. And it's it's like a crazy slippery slope. That that's the scariest thing. It's like, it's like you watch porn. Oh, it's not that big deal. It's just whatever. And then it's like, okay, now this causes this comparison, these desires. Now the purpose of sex is your personal pleasure for for fulfillment. It's the purpose that like. It's you. It's about you making you feel good, making you, you know, um, experience your sexual desires. And then it becomes like, well, well, what if your wife can't do that? Well, you know, that leads to the next thing. And then, then it's like, well, I start having an affair. Or then, then from there it becomes like, well, now, now I want to, I want to leave my wife because I'm going to sacrifice my children. Wow. So I'm going to sacrifice my kids having, having a firm family foundation. I'm going to split this up because I just want to go pursue physical pleasure elsewhere. And, and, and like, it, it may not seem that way when you first like open up your phone or whatever, but like, like that's a slippery slope that like <laughs> it can eventually go down to. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, and um, you're with yourself. If you really think about it, it's kind of a nasty way to think about it, but you're, I mean, there's no, I mean, talk about no pursuit. You're always going to say yes to yourself. And that's just disgusting. You think about it. It's like, it's just, it's lame, weak. It's, I I could go, I'm probably really offending somebody now, but my answer is good. Like, good. Think about it. Well, and yeah. And I also say like, I'm not judging you. I'm saying like, look, I, hey, the thing is you're dealing with, I'm dealing with too. Like, that's hard. It's not easy. True. But like, like my fight against it has to be built on something other than just like 
like if you if you don't have a firm foundation and you don't have something beyond yourself to base that on then you're going to you're going to lose like <laughs> you're going to lose that battle because if 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 you are the center of your universe and what is most important is that you experience you know pleasure to whatever degree to its fullest as, as you want to pursue then you're not going to be able to say no <laughs> that's the reality it's like so, you know that's the thing it's like it's not judging it's like recognizing like i suffer the same struggles yeah. as everyone else does and i feel like i'm not i'm not perfect i feel just like everyone else but the thing like keeps like i gotta have a stronger pull you know back onto that the right way than than, than the pull that is pulling me in the wrong way yeah yeah it's the the vision of what you want to create and everything like i say all the time i think one of the biggest problems with um our world our country or whatever is the fact that um it's the stories that are told and not and maybe it's a quote-unquote boring story or whatever but it's like we need more of the boring stories you need more of the like two old people telling us how amazing their relationship is and how you know they have really like you know uh, cleave together and become one and if we had more stories of that then more people would be like oh i want to pursue that right because yeah a big part of this is dying to yourself. It, it absolutely is. I mean, I remember just how shitty of a husband I was for so many years yeah. um, up until yesterday. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and now it's, it's exactly that. If I'm like, it's a trigger. The trigger now is if I'm thinking about myself, if I'm thinking about what I want, what I need, like I, and Scott and I talk about this a lot. I'm like, man, this place is so dirty. Why can't she clean it up? Blah blah blah. What's going on? And then I'll call Scott afterwards. Hey, I just cleaned the whole house. And he's like, he's like, you were, you were, uh, was it was it the uh, fuck? I can't think of the word. <laughs> um, and I cussed Scott, so now I have to mark this one explicit. So, <laughs> um the the resentment yes there we go resent yeah. and it's like you're getting resentful aren't you yeah so what do you got to do you got to just fight through that resentment and you got to do it because you want to serve your wife because you want to serve your kids because you want to serve you want to you want to you want to give and that's hard that's hard to yeah. always always do it but but what helps guys like us able to do it we're not drawn from our own power we're we're, we're drawing from the cross we're drawing from yeah. Jesus. And I think this might be our most gospel episode, Scott. I'm not sure. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm like that, that's why, because yeah. if we're like, there is something greater and we know it. We know there's something greater. It's just like, what do we got to do to get to it? We just got to keep stripping away the other stuff. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I was thinking about this earlier, the things that we place our identity in as men, and I'm sure women have the same thing. We're not here to talk about women, um, but is are all things that can be stripped from us immediately. I mean, even being here's a here's a challenge for some for some fathers out there. Even being a father can be stripped from you in a heartbeat and your child can die and you are no yeah. longer a father. So like, you know, people are like, oh, my I'm 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 a father first. I'm like well until nature changes that um so the, yeah. that that the message for me and i think from you and what josh is saying is that with our belief our what we place our identity in 
or as Rick Loy would say, who whose we belong to, who we belong to, not it, it can't be stripped away. It like literally, it's kind of like the brave. Is it Braveheart or yeah, Braveheart? You know, the freedom. You cannot strip my freedom. There is nothing you can do. You can kill me. You can you can take away all my money. You can um, take away. God forbid our kids are go you know pass away. That happens to people. Yeah. But if you have your foundation right, you can rebound and live a great life. Yep. All right. Got yeah, it. And your the purpose of your life is 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 changed. If you're if you're if your child passed away, you know that could crush you. You know if you didn't have the right foundation. But if you had the right foundation, you can take that experience and help other people work through that that experience themselves because and i'd also say the only way you're probably going to get through that is from someone else helping you kind of work through that right the the t and and father we we wrote up his tribe and um and i can't emphasize enough having the right tribe in your life like you know family is part of your tribe but it's why josh and i created the brotherhood of father is because we we wanted to build a tribe of men who could really breathe life into each other and speak about these things that most men just aren't willing to have the conversation about and 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 um, help each other you know iron sharpens iron let's let's do this let's get let's position ourselves in a place and in in an atmosphere and around others where we are just going to all the rising tide lifts all boats and that's where we're at right now and so. Um, I just, uh, I love this message. Well, that's all I have to say. I love the message. Yeah. It's, Father has changed a lot, uh, definitely in America over the last, you know, several centuries. And there's things about it now that are like a lot different and a lot better. Like you, you can, you get to spend a lot more time with your kids, you know, like, there's op- or there's just to say there's opportunities to spend a lot more time with your kids, um, but there's there's also like opportunities to get really distracted away from your kids and to find to, to seek things of the world, and sometimes it, it's it's necessary to have someone else a group of guys or that can go like hey dude, I know that seems like something that's necessary now it would be nice but like you only get one go round with this little boy or girl that has been placed in your life. You get 18 years, man. Like, don't screw where your, pri- yeah, don't screw it up. Where are your priorities, bud? Like yeah. that, that can wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. It's really good. So you, um, man, you're, you're, two and a half years with a lower testosterone level. You've, you found your identity. You're, you're firm in that foundation. You have another kid coming. Um, you're in the midst of COVID and I, you know, I would say that it seems like your business is healthy in the midst of COVID. Like, so life changing in every element out there. It sounds to me like. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. my, My, like I was, I was writing up my, um, my, like, your letter to all of our members and our things like the message i think i think the best message from 2020 like going through all this stuff that we learned is was was um that 
like there's a lot of things that aren't your fault and you can't control but everything's your responsibility and 2020 was supposed to be the year of clear vision <laughs> but something happened that no one could have seen that coming right and it, it what truly the truly the case is, is like 2020 was not meant to be the year of clear vision 2020 was meant to be the year that would place stress upon you so that you could actually achieve clarity and, and clear vision like all this had to happen so that you would go like oh crap now i see that like I think someone said like COVID exposed all of our pre-existing conditions to not just our physical, but our mental, our emotional, social, spiritual, our business business issues, our governmental issues. It exposed all these pre-existing conditions. And there was this was the greatest year of growth opportunities and learning. Hard lessons. There are hard lessons. It's really hard to look mistakes in the face and go, oh man, I thought I was doing that wrong. But it's a blessing because, like, given that opportunity in such a short time frame, like, you have to act now. You can't, you, you haven't been given the opportunity to just let this thing kind of continue on. And so, like, 2020 was the opportunity to go, like, oh man, there's a virus that literally, like, is really bad if you have these pre existing conditions that can, for the most part, be uh, eliminated through physical fitness like i recognize the importance of having having a healthy body i'm gonna double down on that so it's like did you double down on that or did you double down on netflix did you double down on social engagement and building strong relationships or did you double down on isolation and spending all your time on facebook did you double down on personal growth or did you spend all your time telling other people how to think act and vote on social media you know that was like that was the opportunities that kind of came through 20 uh through 2020 and like i think that's like as a business owner as a father all these kind of things just like okay i got i got to show my family i gotta show the people i care about my friend i show my business in the world like okay there's some things i i just can't I don't have control over, I can't control like a, a global pandemic coming up, but I have a responsibility to act accordingly to my faith and to my values. And I can sit here and be a victim and say, what was me? This isn't fair. Or I can go like, okay, let me, let me not focus on things beyond my control. Maybe grateful for the things I do, I, I do have. And let me kind of take action accordingly that, will move me closer towards uh, will move me in the direction of, of my values better yeah that's awesome i kind of want to wrap it up on that I, I like that's a incredible message um thank you so much david for for joining us uh we will have you back on this podcast awesome yeah man thanks for having me guys yeah. right, right on all right everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode of brotherhood of fatherhood and uh, we would desire for you to hop on Facebook, skip all the drama and go straight to the Brotherhood of Fa Fatherhood group. Join that group, jump in online with a bunch of really cool guys, share your life and learn a lot. Also hit that subscribe button on 
the YouTube, if you're listening to this on the on the uh, the old viewer, <laughs> and uh, subscribe subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so. Give us a five star review, nothing less. Just joking. You give us a real review, but we'd love to have you become a regular listener to this podcast. Have an amazing day.